So this will be the last part of our gray area series that we've been talking about here in the past couple months here, talking about discerning God's will in these areas. And so today the question that we'll be asking ourselves is this, are we compromising biblical truth? Are we compromising biblical truth or are we upholding the truth of God's word? And these are the things in which the Apostle Paul charged Timothy with, as the Apostle Paul wrote to young Timothy as Timothy began his ministry in the church. And he says, I charge you, the Apostle Paul says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. These last couple of weeks, we've been talking about some of these things that we left off with talking about how, how does the things that we do, how, how does it affect other people, okay? When we discern the will of God, we need to ask ourselves, how do the things that we do as a church, as a Christian, how does it affect people's spiritual lives? Are we pushing people away from Christ or are we bringing them to Jesus Christ? Another thing that we, we talked about was that will this thing that we do, whatever it is that we do, this decision that we make, will it help us grow spiritually? Many times we serve the church, many times we have many ministries in the church, but a lot of times these ministries are not helping us grow spiritually. Many times the things that we do, we keep busy all the time in the church, but yet we're not growing spiritually, especially us as Methodists. One of the things that we've lost is evangelism. We're not really, you know, we, we do a lot of social, um, social stuff, um, but when it comes to evangelism throughout our denomination, it's something that we're very weak in. And without evangelism, the church does not grow. The church just, it's, it's necessary for the church to grow. And so one of the things we need to ask ourselves is how, how do we affect others with what we're doing? And at the same time, how do we affect ourselves? Are we growing spiritually as a church? Are we growing spiritually as Christians? The next question we talked about is the things that are necessary. Okay, the things that we do, is it necessary in our church? Okay, then we went on and talked a little bit last week about whether or not the things that we do are enslaving us to a sin. Is it, is it enslaving us to a sin? Is it enslaving us to, to a bad habit? The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, he says that I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. And he goes on and he says, I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. In other, in other words, what he's saying is that I will not allow anything to control me. And we talked about in our society, the things that often control us, drugs, alcohol, things of these sorts often control us. We talked about how 20 million Americans aged 12 or older, they battle with substance use disorder, according to the National Survey on Drugs and Health. And how this is making our churches into places where, um, places where we are helping people recover from, from drugs and alcohol abuse. And so part of that, you know, even though we support that, we want to be able to help anybody at the same time. Well, at the same time, that was never the purpose of the church. The purpose of the church is to evangelize, to participate in missions, to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ to others. 
So we, talk, we also talked about sexual pleasure, how that controls us. And we also talked about our modern, modern technology, video games, smartphones, and things like that, that often control us. And you know, we spend so, so much time on our, our phones. We spend so much time on, on the Internet. You know, spend so much time on these things. And I quoted a study made by New York professor Adam Alter, and he says the millennials... Millennials, they pick up their phones 150 times per day. And so they're just there, you know, they're, they're just they're just on their phone all the time. And, you know, I, I was just telling this story to the Mongols this morning that my wife and I, we, we made a mistake this last Christmas because we bought my stepmom a iPad, an iPad. <laughs> and so since she got that iPad, she's been on that iPad almost every single day just listening to, you know, stories on YouTube. And I was getting my father angry at us. You know, my father came up to me and said, Chang, why'd you do that for? Why'd you buy her that iPad for? And a lot of times that's, you know, a lot of times we're so, we're so addicted to these things and something that we must not allow it to control us. Okay, we must not participate in anything to control us. So as we're discerning the will of God, as we're discerning the will of God for our lives, we need to ask ourselves this question, are these things controlling us? If we participate in it and it, it becomes something that controls us, then we need to let it go. Do not participate in it. I, uh, you know, I have so many friends, so many friends who I grew up with, who, who um, you know, Marysville, you grew up with in Marysville, and then they, they were addicted to drugs. And, you know, 30 years have passed by, but when I go back to see them, they're still at the same, st- you know, they're, they're still the same. Nothing has changed. Their life hasn't changed, you know. My life, you know, for me, my life changed. And after 30 years, my life has changed. For many of my friends who got involved in drugs and alcohol and things of that sort, their, their, their life hasn't changed, and they're still where they're at 30 years ago. That's something that breaks my heart, you know, something, something that breaks my heart and something that's so hard, you know, they'll go to one, one program after another, one program after another, and, and, you know, they'll become sober for a while, you know, they'll have their, you know, you know they'll, they'll have their good times here you know, for a while, but they always fall back into it. And it just breaks my heart watching so many of my friends, and some of them are, are family too, you know, just watching so many of them having to go back to that life, choosing that life, and just not being able to overcome that lifestyle. And so uh, something that we, we need to we need to take serious, you know, we need to take seriously and understand that if, if we're going to do something, and that's going, to, that's going to control our lives, that we need to step away from it. We need to step away from it. And so today, the, the, uh, the, final, the final point that I want to make today is this. Am I compromising biblical truth? Am I compromising biblical truth whenever we come and do something, whenever we come and make a decision in the church? Are we making decisions to uphold what the Scripture teaches us? Or are we making decisions to compromise biblical truth? And so many times we have to make that decision. We have to make that decision. We sing a lot of hymns about trust and obey. We, 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 we sing a lot of hymns about the Word of God. But many times when it comes down to it, when it comes down to it, most of us, most of us, most Christians, we make our decisions based upon what we want. Most of us, we make the decision based upon that, and we don't make the decision based upon what the Word of God teaches us. There's a story. There's a story about a guy during the Civil War, and I don't know if the story is true or not. I just, you know, I read it, and so, you know, the whole point of the story is not to, to, to proclaim that it's a true story, but it, it illustrates a point. Illustrates a point about how we need to make 
uh, a decision. We need to, you know, there, there comes a point in time in life in which we just need to make a decision to stop compromising and to stand up for something. And so the story goes like this, a story about this guy during the Civil War, and he was someone who just couldn't decide what side to fight on. And north to south, he couldn't decide. So what he did was he decided to put on the coat of the north the trousers of the south. And so he went out to, you know, he went out to the war and he went out, you know, he went out to fight in the war. And guess what happened to him? Both sides started shooting him. <laughs> Both sides started shooting him and, you know, it became an issue for him. And, and, you know, according to the story, that's how he got killed. I don't, like I said, I don't know if that story is true or not. It's something that I read, but I just wanted to share that. I use that as, as an illustration for us about compromising or upholding the, the truth of God's word. And so here in this passage here, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, the, verse, the very first uh, verse says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. And these are the words written by the Apostle Paul as he was in jail. He, he wrote these words to young Timothy to instruct Timothy into the ministry. And Paul was going to get killed. He was about to get killed. And as we read throughout this chapter, we see Paul is saying that I am like, you know, uh, I'm being poured out, right? He's talking about, you know, I'm being poured out. And now it's your time. It's now it's your time, young Timothy, as to do the ministry. Now it's up to you. And this is what you need to do. I have done this throughout my whole ministry. I've done this throughout my whole life. And I've come to this point that I am about to die. I have come to this point that I am now about to die. And now this is something that I am going to charge you with. This is something that I am going to assign to you, okay? And these words, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, are words that are often used during our Christian weddings, all right? When we have Christian weddings, this is, these are words that the pastor often say to the new couple. They, the pastor often say to the, to the bride and the groom, says, I charge you in the presence of God, and I charge you in the presence of Jesus Christ. And so the word charge here means to assign a serious responsibility. To assign a very, very responsibility means to demand that this responsibility is to be fulfilled. Okay? It is a demand for the responsibility to be fulfilled, and it is to entrust someone. It is to entrust someone with a duty or a task. And that person must complete that task. They must not, you know, they must not go, you know, they must not do anything else, but they must complete that task. And that seriousness, the seriousness of that charge always comes because the, the, because the Apostle Paul is not talking about, I charge you and leave it at that. But we see the seriousness of these charges is shown by the fact that he is doing this in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus. And that's you know, that's just like how, how we run, how, how we do weddings and things like that. When we charge a couple, we don't just say that I charge you, but we always charge them in the presence of God and in the presence of Jesus Christ. And that shows the seriousness of this charge. It shows the seriousness of this assignment the Apostle Paul is saying to, to young Timothy as he is, you know, as he is dying. Okay, as he's dying in a jail cell, he's saying that it is time for you. It's time for me to give you this assignment. And you are to take this assignment seriously. And you are to fulfill this assignment. There's no way around it, okay? There's no way around it at all. There's no arguing. There's, you know, there's, there's just no way around it. 
This is what God has called us to do, and so this is what you must do. And what is that charge? That charge is to preach the word, to uphold it, to teach it, okay? To uphold what the word of God is teaching about. And you are to uphold it, you are to preach it, you are to be ready in season. And in season, the apostle Paul is talking about in good times. We even see the life of Jesus Christ. We see the life of Jesus Christ that as he started his ministry, that, you know, he was very, very popular wherever he went. Crowds would follow Jesus Christ everywhere. But yet there came a time, it came a time in Jesus Christ's life where people started backing out. They started betraying him. They started walking away from him. They started denying him. We know that Peter denied Jesus Christ three times. And so even Jesus Christ himself, he experienced the good times, or what the Apostle Paul is talking about here, in season. And he goes on and talks about out of season, which is a bad time. And so in season, and season is talking about when people are following you, when people are coming after you, when they're listening to you, okay? When they're listening to you, these are the good times. These are the good times. And then the, the bad times are out of season. And verse 3 to verse 4, it says, the time is coming, you say. The Apostle Paul acknowledges that in ministry, it's not always going to be positive. People are not always going to follow you. People are not always going to listen to what you say. People are not always going to be interested in the Word of God. They're going to turn away from the Word of God, just like they turn away from Jesus Christ. And yet, the Apostle Paul is saying here, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching anymore. That they will not want to listen to these teachings anymore, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And they will turn away from listening to the truth, which is a reference to the Word of God. And they will wander off into myth. They would rather listen Listen to myth. And yet, the Apostle Paul is telling him that at this time, that even through good times or through bad times, even when you're popular and people want to hear the word of God, even if you're living in that time or at a time in which nobody wants to listen to the word of God anymore, that you, your responsibility, the charge, the responsibility, the seriousness of this responsibility is that you uphold and preach the word of God. And that is what the Apostle Paul is communicating here to young Timothy. And he goes on through, if we, we continue to read the, the, the scripture, if we continue to read in this chapter, he talks about how, how that's worth it. He talks about his own life experience. He talks about his own life experience, that he was willing to preach the word of God, that he was willing to, to lead people to Jesus Christ, that he was willing to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through good times. And now even in, during the time in which he is about to be beheaded for what he is doing, he is saying, young Timothy, it was all worth it. It was all worth it. And I want you to know, Timothy, I want you to know that's going to be worth it for you also for you to hold on to this and to continue to preach the word of God, to uphold it, to teach it. And then he goes on, he talks about reprove, reprove. To reprove means to scold or to correct gently with kind intent, according to Merriam-Webster Dictionary. The Greek word for this means to expose 
of wrongdoing, but to do so in a gentle way. That we're to use the Word of God. How are we to teach it? We're to use the Word of God to teach people, to expose, to expose of wrongdoing, but in a gentle way, in a gentle way to help people understand that they must follow Jesus Christ, to help them come to Jesus Christ. Because if people never realize that they are in darkness, they will never seek the light. They will never seek the light. And so the Apostle Paul says, this is how you preach the word of God. This is how you are to uphold it. This is how you are not to compromise the word of God. You are to use it to reprove people, to correct them gently, to expose of the wrongdoings, to lead them to Jesus Christ. Then he goes on and says, rebuke people with the word of God. To rebuke, which is another way of saying to reprove, to reprove. And then he also finishes off by saying that you are to also encourage people with the word of God. When he says exhort, exhort people with the word of God, that is to encourage people. And so Paul, Paul is saying, you know what? Even if you must live in a, in a society in a time in which political correctness rules, in which popular thoughts rule, in which everybody is against the word of God, even out of season, he's saying, that for you, young Timothy, you are to continue to preach the word. Don't go away from the word of God. Don't go away from it. It is your responsibility as a pastor. That's my responsibility is to preach to you the word of God. It's not my responsibility to teach to you about anything else. It's my responsibility to preach the word of God to you, to teach you about the word of God. And whatever you do with that, it's up to you. But that's not only my responsibility, it's also all of our responsibility. So we must not misunderstand and think that preaching the word of God is only for pastors. It's for all of us. It's for all of us. We are here to preach the word of God. We're not here to, to judge people. We're not here, here to hate on people or anything of that sort. But we're here to preach what it says. We're here to teach what it says. And whatever people decide to do with it, that's between them and between God. And the Apostle Paul goes on and says, Young Timothy, you are to endure, endure the suffering. You see, Paul, Paul says this, that there is no greater desire for him than to participate in the, in the suffering of Jesus Christ. And he understands and he says that for him to participate in the suffering of Jesus Christ, he wants to do that so that he will also experience the power of the resurrection. That's what it means to carry our cross, guys. It's to be willing to suffer with Jesus Christ even out of season. Even out of season. When the whole world is against us, when they, they would rather listen to all these other teachers, people who, who don't want to hear about the Word of God anymore. During these times that we must be willing to walk with Jesus Christ. And we do so knowing that in doing, in doing so, that we will also experience in the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Then he goes on and says, do the work of an evangelist. In other words, continue to reach out to people to come to Jesus Christ. Continue to reach out to people so that they will know God. A lot of times we, a lot of times we gain many church members in our churches, but we're not evangelizing them because we're not bringing them to Jesus Christ. We're just bringing them to our church organization. And so we have many church members. So we have all these church members and nobody knows Jesus. That's not evangelism. Evangelism is about bringing people to Jesus Christ, guys. Okay, it's about bringing people to Jesus Christ, bringing people to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And I see P.W. over there. <laughs> well, yeah, it's about bringing people to Jesus Christ, right? 
It's not about just winning people to the church. It's not just about making church members. We, we, def- we defeat our whole purpose if our whole purpose is just to make, just to bring up the numbers in our church, to, to bring up the numbers in our worship. We, we, we defeat our whole purpose as a church. We need to bring people to Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul is saying here. Do the work of an evangelist, meaning you must bring people to Jesus Christ. And this, this is how you fulfill your ministry. This is how you fulfill the responsibility, the charge in which I have given you. And so there comes a point in time in our lives, there comes a point in time in our lives, which we're also going to have to make that decision. Are we going to stand with the Word of God? Are we going to accept this responsibility in which the Word of God has charged us with? Or are we going to walk away from it? We can grow a church, we can have millions of people in the church without ever preaching the Word of God. Many churches are that way. Many churches have millions and millions of people in their church, but they never hear the gospel of Jesus Christ proclaimed to them. There is no salvation in that. Salvation is found in Jesus Christ alone. And that's why we need to be evangelists. That's why we need to bring people to Jesus Christ. Even if there's only 10 of us, if we are in Christ, that is, we have fulfilled the ministry. There can be a million of us, but if we are not in Christ, we have not fulfilled the ministry in which the Word of God has charged us with. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your words. Father, we pray that we will have the boldness and the desire to trust and to obey what you have taught us through your Word, Father. And just as young Timothy was being charged this task by the Apostle Paul. We understand that this task is not only for Timothy, but it is also a task in which the Holy Spirit charged to each and every single one of us. We pray that as Christians in your church, that we we will continue to do the work of evangelism, that we will continue to bring people to you, not just to our church as members, not just to our church as an organization, but Father, that we'll bring people to you, to your Son, Jesus Christ, because that is where salvation is found. And so, Father, we pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.